So Jesus, the fulfillment of the prophet Isaiah from hundreds of years before, the everlasting father. Let's talk about that today. How did Jesus coming into the world deliver that promise from long ago for God's people, for the world? Well, first off, through Jesus, we have received a Christmas greeting. I don't know about you, do you send Christmas cards every year out to friends and family? It's maybe falling out of favor with some people. It gets quite expensive buying the cards and maybe even personalizing them. Putting stamps on them is, is outrageous. But there's something about receiving a greeting in the mail from someone you haven't seen the whole year through that just lifts your spirits and reminds you that you matter to them and that this is a special season of the year when they're thinking of you. And that's what John's prologue in, in chapter 1 tells us Jesus' birth was all about. It was a Christmas greeting to the world from God the Father to deliver to the world a greeting and a welcome to show that God loves the whole world. Yeah, throughout the Bible, we don't see, really, in the Old Testament, except seven times, God being referred to as a father. But we get to the Gospels, and some of the Gospels start to mention where Jesus came and started teaching that God desired to have a relationship, like a, like a parent with, with a child, with all of the world, with us. God, the Father, wanted through Jesus to help us experience uh, what it is to have a heavenly parent. Luke's gospel mentions Father referring to God in Jesus' teachings uh, a total of 25 times. In Matthew's gospel, a little less than 100, and that's quite numerous. But John's gospel, different from the other three, the synoptics of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, John's gospel over 250 times mentions that Jesus refers to God as his father. He teaches his disciples and us how to pray, to go to God and say, our father who art in heaven. What an incredible thing. This greeting that God has given to us in the world is, as an openness, as a communication with him through Christ Jesus our Lord. There are um, a lot of confusing things about John's gospel. And one of those is this whole relationship that Jesus has with his Father in heaven. He mentions him a lot, and yet, yet if Jesus is God, then why is he referring to another, to God in heaven, as his Father? There's this understanding of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we believe that there's one God that we worship, the one true God that created the universe that, that gives life to, to us and yet made known to us in three different aspects or ways. It's a pretty interesting concept but confusing as well. The trinity of three ways to understand and know God and and yet, recognizing that God is, is just one, one true God, can be confusing and difficult. 
It shows our limitations of our thinking and of our mind. It's mysterious, and it's meant to be that way. I can't explain why Jesus referred to to God in heaven as his Father when Jesus himself, John's gospel, goes to great lengths to tell us was God himself. He was the Father coming into the world dressed in flesh so that we might see, that we might know, that we might understand truly what God's depth of love for us is. At Christmas, we remember this Christmas greeting of Jesus being born into the world to all of humanity, including you, of a Father in heaven saying, I love you and I want you to be my children. Another thing that through Jesus, fulfilling this this prophecy of being our everlasting Father brings is that we receive a, a timeless gift from Him that never changes, never spoils, or never fades. And I would think, well, I would hope that if you're going to be exchanging Christmas presents with someone on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day this year, that you have already given some forethought to that, or maybe even shopped and bought it and started wrapping, because if not, way behind. No pressure, right? We think gifts, and we know that exchanging something and re- receiving something, giving something that is meaningful, thoughtful, and, and even helpful in life is a great way to show a tremendous love and care for someone. And yet we know that it's just stuff, right? Stuff can fade and it can rust and it can spoil and it can get old very quickly. And, well, even if we have it for years at a time, or some, something timeless like a, a watch or something like that, eventually it's going to run down or quit keeping time. You know, we live in a world, don't we, where things are always changing, getting older like me. Not like you, of course. Time moves on. Technology changes. Generations from one to the next, perplexed and questioning why they're living the way they're living and making decisions they're making. It's confusing living in this world. Everything, a lot of times, seems chaotic and out of order. And what do we see? We seek something that is timeless and true that does not change and does not rust or spoil or fade. And at Christmas, we remember that Jesus is everlasting as Savior of the world, as the gift of the Father's unfailing grace to us all. There's a reliability with God that God's always going to be there for us like like a good, good father would be, wanting to listen to us, to hear us, to help us, to, to redirect us when we're wrong, to help us, provide for us. God is reliable. He always shows us love. Sometimes we may feel undeserving and think that God doesn't love us, but God always loves us. Think of the story of the prodigal son. The son runs away and changes his direction, but eventually makes his way back to God when he realizes he's been wrong and, and there's his father standing, standing at the gate waiting for his son to come home. God's love never changes. And Jesus was sent into the world destined for the cross 
to die for our sins and powerful enough to roll away the stone to overcome death for all time for you and for me and for those that have gone before us in faith. Jesus said, um, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. The Alpha and the Omega are really the A and the Z of the Greek alphabets. And he was saying that he covers the span of all things. John says to us that Jesus was there in the beginning when the world was created. Before anything was, Jesus was there. He is the Father. There, creating, loving, sustaining, saving us. God acts with forgiveness towards us whenever we turn back and go and request it. Unfailing, He is. Reliable. God always offers to us His grace and offers to us a sense of power that we can't receive from our own stick to and and guttural drive in life. God does not change. And there are a lot of misconceptions about God in the world and even a lot of, of man-made religions that we come up with, things that we worship, we put our faith in. And usually it's in things that are going to spoil our faith. But through Jesus, we understand the one true God is timeless as are his promises for his children. Malachi 3.6 says, I, the Lord, never change. And we can count on that. And I hope you know, no matter what shifts are, sand, or shifts are happening in your world, no matter what, what tides are moving sands on which you have rested your, your laurels in your life before, that God is there and God does not move. He's immovable. If we'll simply trust and believe in him. Well, the last thing that, that we find in Jesus as the fulfillment of this everlasting Father that, that the prophet from so long ago, Isaiah, proclaimed is that we receive the dad that we never had. The dad that we never had in Jesus. Now, I don't call Jesus daddy, but, but there is... Uh, a fathering love and guidance and direction that I find in him that I can't find in, in any other person in this world. My dad, still living, thanks be to God, 80 plus years now, was a good father and still is. But he's human, just like me, just like you, just like all other parents in the world are with their children. We're going to gather this evening for a meal to celebrate my youngest child, my daughter Elizabeth's 21st birthday. It was yesterday. And I am still just kind of reeling and scratching my head thinking, how did that happen? She feels all so grown up. I got to take her to lunch on Friday. She feels all so grown up, and I feel all so old suddenly that my youngest, my baby, is 21 years old. And I, I still don't know how that happened. Uh, it's quite a, an amazing thing when all of your kids grow up and they leave home. A lot of you have experienced that. And some of you that still have kids at home may be looking forward to it. I don't know. But it, it makes you introspective after your house empties out. If you're a parent, 
and you start to think about and, and evaluate and look back over life as, as we do with anything at certain seasons along the way. And you wonder, I wonder, have I been in the time that my kids were at home growing up the dad that I should be? Well, I certainly tried, but if I'm honest, I know where I have failed and where I've fallen short. I know there were times when I was reluctant and wished I didn't have to do a deadly duty, and yet, yet it was still there, whether I did it or not. Right or wrong, I gave my best attempt up to this point. And, and they turned out okay, maybe, right? None of them are in prison yet, at least. Um, they do come home, and I'm thankful for that. Even if it is just for money or, or to wash clothes or to get a home-cooked meal, I, I'm still thankful for that. I, I just know that anything good that is in them is not from me. It's from God. It's a gift of grace. It is. And it's also a gift of humility and a reminder to me and to all of us that none of us are up to the task of the roles that are placed on us in life, are we? No, we need something greater, something timeless, something unmoving and powerful that can fill the gap and be the glue that holds us together when all else seems to fall apart. My parents, my mom and dad, take our family every Thanksgiving when we go there for the meal out to a movie on Wednesday night. Uh, for a while, we went to kids' movies every year, Disney movies. Oh, Disney movies. Whew, that's one thing I don't miss now that all of my kids are out of the house. But they took us to see the Mr. Rogers movie this year, just a few weeks ago. And it's actually called The Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. And if you grew up with Mr. Rogers, you know... That's the title of the theme song when he would come on for his 30-minute program every afternoon. 31 seasons. That man spent 30, day, 30 minutes a day teaching children how to live and how to love and how to gain perspective in life. He was, to me at least, growing up a very wise old man. He actually, in reality, was, was a Presbyterian clergyman that felt that his gifts and graces were not in the church, but in the public realm. And so he blessed a lot of kids and gave a lot of direction and meaning and purpose to, to uh, children and their families everywhere. But the movie, surprisingly, if you haven't seen it yet, the movie is not about him and kids. It is actually about him reaching out and him helping an adult, a reporter, that in 1998 was assigned to go and do an article, a write-up about Mr. Rogers because he was getting ready to retire. And so this man, who, who had quite a reputation as being a cutthroat reporter for Esquire magazine for whom he wrote, he went to Mr. Rogers' neighborhood and watched him work, and he spent time with him. And... He just thought that maybe there was something wrong with Mr. Rogers he couldn't quite lay his finger on. That's the job of a reporter, to dig things up, right? To get to the bottom of things, the truth of things. But instead, Fred Rogers reached out to this man. He showed him love and compassion. He befriended him. 
despite the man being suspicious and, and, and very inquisitive about his life, Fred Rogers reached out to him and showed him compassion, and he got to the bottom of him instead. And the man, the reporter, uh, true story, the, the movie is based on, uh, the reporter who wrote for Esquire magazine um, had a very difficult upbringing, and he had great anger issues at his father. And the skinny of it was, the, the gist of it is that when he was young, his, his father, who, who was never really around home much, and he later found out was a great womanizer of sorts, ran out on he and his sister and his mother, when his mother was at the bottom of life in the hospital and when she died. He was not there. He showed no concern and compassion. He left, ran away, and left his kids just to fend for themselves. And over the years, over time, there was a grind that built up within the man towards his father. You can understand that. Any of us could understand that. That him feeling abandoned by someone that he was supposed to be able to count on and was supposed to be able to provide for him, he found that he became very super angry at him and found he had anger issues at the world because of him. And Fred Rogers, beautiful movie because it shows his faith of him praying for this this reporter and for his wife and for their newborn child, whom the father is having a real struggle, not just blowing up at and being angry with. Fred Rogers is the face of grace to this man when he least expected it. He guided him and he directed him to understand that, that he needed to live out love instead of anger and hate. And as a result, the man was able to reconcile with his father, who, who would soon be dying, and also reconnect with his sister and together, spend some time together as families are meant to be. It, it's a beautiful story, a beautiful illustration of Fred Rogers being the dad to this reporter that, that hated his dad and needed someone to do that. A beautiful illustration as the face of grace of how, how God desires to be for us. I know all of us have various experiences with our fathers. Some good, some bad, some maybe absent altogether. Maybe, maybe it is that our Father in Heaven wants you to understand that they could not be, nor any parent can be the fullness of what we expect or need from them in life. But God is instead. And Jesus came into the world to be for us the face, the face of the everlasting Father. And I thank God for that. I hope at Christmas, uh, in just a couple of days at Christmas Eve, you'll seek Him with your heart. And instead of any revenge that you want to enact out towards someone you may have anger with or someone you want to settle the score with, you will understand the compassion and the love of God for you in such a way that it will enable you to overcome all things, even, even hate and anger itself. Jesus came and was a wonderful counselor, displayed the, 
the power of Almighty God and is always and forever the face of the everlasting Father to us. Lord, thank you for this great gift that we celebrate every year at Christmas. Prepare our hearts and minds to receive him anew. For it's in his name we pray. Amen.